Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm very thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, we hope you remain very well on Sunday. Amen. With the beautiful message that was preached. Amen. Uh, without waste of time, let us turn to our Bibles. We've got Brother Joshua over there. God bless you richly. Good to see you. He's from Brother Retief's church. I mean, during the week he's this side, but over the weekend he's on the job excite. Amen. So we are very much happy to see you. You're welcome, my brother. God bless you, Brother Burrero. Uh, it's been a while since we saw each other. Good to see you. Amen. Now, without waste of time, let us go to the book of Ephesians. The chapter will be five. Uh, 22 will be the verse. Uh, Pastor Mukovi said I must pass his regards to the church. Amen. Ephesians 5, from verse 22. He found it written this manner. Wives... Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Submit means yield yourself. Amen. Can you get an amen on that one? The scripture is becoming very unpopular in our time. But uh, I, I went and I looked and said, look, people that say the scripture is unfair or it's more... Uh, misogynistic they are wrong because it says wives submit yourselves unto not men unto your own husband if it says own it means you chose him amen you don't just look at the submission without looking at the choosing amen if you choose then you submit and if you don't choose, you don't have to submit. Are you with me? Okay. Then it turns around and say, for the husband is the head. The husband is the head. Amen. A head is, is, a, is not... Somebody can say a head is important, but there is no organ that is of lesser importance because the head without the body is nothing. The head needs the body to operate. Amen. But uh, uh, be as it may, then you need to realize that uh, the head is an organ. It possesses speech. It will speak on behalf of the body. It will see on behalf of the body. Hallelujah. Don't just put, take off your political cap. I'm speaking about Christ and the church. He will think for us. He will see for us. Amen. Amen. And I'm told the largest organ on the body is the skin. It's what connects the whole body. Amen. But the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ 
is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the weight, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. I always say, if you want to know how much a man regards himself, don't look at the car that he drives. Look at how they take care of their wives. Hallelujah. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And this evening I can say this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. And my message will be the mystery of marriage as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, wonderful to be in your house this evening. Here the saints, I've heard them singing, saying, I told Satan to get behind because today I made a choice that joy shall be mine. And Lord, a lot of times the devil would often want to paint a picture as if it is not our own choosing, but it is our own choosing. And I think they heard very well on Sunday how they were taught to manifest what they want it is all up to them, dear God. The attitude will produce the results. May these good things that are often being said, may they just be, not just be for the ear, but let it be something that people can embody them throughout the week so that believers can live victorious life. We've got the material. But we just need to accept and yield ourselves to this material. May you bless these people this evening for having made it to this place and fulfilling the scripture that says, forsaking not the gathering of the saints. May you bless them for having taken their time to come to the house of the Lord. And Lord, may you bless them abundantly. Whatever diseases that they may be suffering from, you are such a gracious God. May you touch them and make them whole. I say, devil, you are a liar. And believers believe that you are a liar. We believe nothing of yours. And all that we believe is of Christ. 
And this evening, my heart is bubbling with joy just to see these great mysteries that you have revealed in the end time. At times, I, I pinch myself and say, who am, who am I, really, that you could bypass people that were worthy just to come and come on my doorstep yes. until the prophet came and said, this is the unveiling of God. Yes. We love you, dear God, because you are such a loving God indeed. When I remember where we were and where we were picked up, that is why, as a poet says, when I remember where you took me from, I will never go back. And I believe it's an affirmation that every man and woman in the building has this evening that we shall never return back. We are going to preach the weight. Let it not just be a combination of words and phrases. Let it be the imparting of life, O God, so that when these men and women leave this place, may there be a realization of who they are. The prophet says when the church will begin to know who she is and rises up, he says she will be an invincible army. We have come here so that we can become an invincible army, that whatever demons that come our way, we should put them under our feet. Whatever diseases that may come our way, we should cast them out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. These people make them to realize that they are in church. Heaven respects them, dear God. There is nothing that God can do upon the face of the earth outside of letting these people. This is the Abrahamic seat, O oh God. I don't care about problems that they may have or challenges that they may have. I'm looking at their original identity. They were there before the heavens were there. And they will be there when heavens and earth shall pass away. Because they are part of the weight. May you reveal your way to this evening, dear God. Because the more you reveal your way, it makes us bolder. It makes us to be fearless. As you told Joshua, be courageous and do not be fearful. Because as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And these people, let them know that the same God that walked with the prophet in the end time will never leave them. He made a promise that I will be with you and even in you until the end time. And Lord, we just want to appreciate the sweet spirit that is reigning here. May everybody just be in one accord so that the Holy Spirit can operate. Maybe somebody's here has got a need. I know you will grant their needs, O oh God. Because when the church is united, you always came down as it was on the day of Pentecost. Let it be tonight, dear God. Let the Spirit of God move and hinder, O oh God. Let lives be touched in a very special way. Let people's experience of you be renewed tonight. That is why we are here. I don't look at this service as an ordinary service. There's never been an ordinary service when you are part of it. I expect God to move in a supernatural way that those that have got needs may you grant it, Heavenly Father, so that when we leave this place, we can testify to the world that we are not orphans. Our God is with us and our God takes care of us. And we love you, Heavenly Father. We want to affirm our commitment to you and the message that you have sent. That is why we'll remain steadfast, Heavenly Father, as I commit every individual that is within the reach of my voice, including myself this evening, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly.
Amen. Just a couple of minutes. We just want to speak on the mystery of marriage. Sounds very an unusual Wednesday subject, but God does not have Monday, Wednesday. Hallelujah. Uh, God's days are the same. He can, he, can, he can speak to you about something that you thought should be a convention material. He could speak to you about it while you are on your way to work. How many know what I'm talking about? I don't know how many have ever had a revival on their own. Where nobody is there but you are just having a good time. Amen. And you wish that you could come and just bring more and more people into your own experience. Amen. Now, I just want to speak on the mystery of marriage. Marriage is a, or the Bible is a, is a marriage book. Hallelujah. It opens with marriage and closes with marriage. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve, Christ and the bride. And in between, there are many marriages that speak about a great marriage between Christ and the bride. So it's a, it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful story, the Bible. It's, it's the story of love that is unfolding from eternity into time and back to eternity. Hallelujah. And that is why I wonder, no wonder the prophet says, I am not saving him because I'm afraid to go to hell. I save him because I love him. Why? It's because this economy of God is operated by love. Amen. And I hope this evening you are here because you love him. As we say, we love him because he first loved us. Amen. We are unlovable, but he came our way and loved us. Are we together? I'm just going to look at a few marriages in the Bible. I think it's run about nine marriages that we are going to look at this evening. And we just want to extract something that relates to us in the end time. I'll look at the marriage of Adam and Eve. I'll look at Abraham and Sarah. I'll look at Jacob and Rachel. I'll look at Elkanah and Hannah. I'll look at David and Abigail. I'll look at Hosea and, and Goma, uh, who was a prostitute. And I'll look at King Xerxes and Esther. Amen. And then we'll compi- complete the picture with ourselves. Are we together? Now, the first marriage that God first instituted in the Garden of Eden, which was, uh, and marriage, folks, is between, it's an institution that was instituted by God. And it's an institution that a lot of times, uh, for some reason during the week, I just felt, and I was telling somebody, I said, oh, the government will come up with laws, but uh, they must remember that there is the supreme law which is the word of God. Are we together? Uh, and I said, it's quite, a, it's quite amazing because uh, people that we have entrusted to, to be, people that can craft our laws, are actually, uh, for a lack of a better way, a, domi- a predominant number of them are, are, are perverts. Amen. That uh, go around destroying women and girls by night and during the day they want to teach us as ministers 
that we need not to oppress women. Hallelujah. And you find that a lot of them are the ones that are really causing havoc. Amen. And they know themselves, then they know each other within their cycles, what do they do to women. So I'm simply saying, a church of God can never be subjected to the laws of men that are perverts. The church of God will always be subjected to the word of God. When the law of the land contradicts the law of God, the law of God will have to take the preeminency. Amen. Now, in the Garden of Eden, we see God bringing a beautiful uh, family, and the prophet calls it a masterpiece. Hallelujah. And then he made Adam to fall, to go into deep sleep, and from his, he took out a rib, and from the rib he formed the bride, and came to present the bride back to Adam. And when Adam came out, he did not see what was happening. But as a prophet, he came, when he woke up and looked at the woman, he said, this is the bone of my bones. This is the flesh of my flesh. And I, I think the first marriage just simply demonstrated that Christ will never marry anything that is foreign to him. Hallelujah. Whatever is going to be united with Christ, it has to be a material of his material. Are we together? As much as Eve was the flesh of flesh of Adam, I believe that the second Adam and the second uh, 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 bride or the second Eve, they've got to be exactly the same. Uh, the second Eve must be an extension of Adam as well. Hallelujah. Brother Bremen says in the message, it is the rising of the sun, paragraph 273. He says, and remember, we are flesh of his flesh, Jesus Christ. And I wonder, how do we become flesh of his flesh when he was here uh, uh, on a human level? It seemed like we were not here. But the prophet later came to tell us that we were in that body when it went to Golgotha. Hallelujah. He says the bride, actually in the message, it is the rising of the sun. He says uh, the logos has got a, a part and that part is the bride. So that means before the beginning, when he was Elohim, we often emphasize in this church that we were in him. When he became the Logos, we were in him. Until such time when he became flesh, we were in him. And on the cross, we were separated. Are we together? When he was here, you could see him, you could not see us. And in the end time, you could not see him, but he's here, you can only see us. When he was here, he veiled us, and in the end time, we are veiling him. Are we together? When he was here, we were in him. The world could not see us. And in the end time, he is in us. The world cannot see him. Are we together? Christ is the mystery of God revealed. But in the end time, the bride is the mystery of Christ, Christ revealed. Are we together? Now, the prophet says, remember, we are flesh of his flesh. Jesus Christ. We are flesh of his flesh, bones of his bones, and spirit of his spirit. And there is no way out of it. We are going to rise. You are going to rise. Because what's happening, that body of Jesus Christ has symbolized us. When, he, when that body was beaten, you were beaten. Because that body symbolized you. Are we together? And that means wherever the body went, it was following the head. 
and the body went all the way into the grave and was buried. But as long as the head rose, then the body rose. And this evening we can say, if you are his body, even though you can go six feet underground, but at the day when the voice of the resurrection shall be spoken, there is something in you to respond to the voice of the resurrection. And that's why we say, devil, we are not afraid because when he was here, he said, destroy this temple within three days, I'll raise it. And today, the bride can repeat exactly the same way and say, devil, you can destroy us, but there is a quickening power within us. Are we together? And and when you look at Adam, you look at a a story of, of, of... and that's why I say Bible, it's a, it's, a, it's a story of love that is unfolding from eternity to time. Because later, this, this masterpiece, we see that the, the picture was marked. It was spoiled. They had to be chucked out of the Garden of Eden. And later, as we often emphasize, Adam followed Eve deliberately. Because love constrained him to come to the level at which Eve had fallen. Are we together? And he had choice. He could have looked at Eve and said, Nimi, I'm not going to be part of this mess. But there is something in Adam that connected him with Eve. And when you look at Christ, you were in your sin. He could have decided that it's, it's your own endeavor. It's your own business. But he left the corridors of eternity and came down and took your sin upon himself and went all the way to Calvary and died for yourself. That's why if somebody say you are worthless, tell him that I'm... There's something of worth for me because he died for me. Are we together? And we saw that how Adam decided to sell the entire universe and followed his wife. And from that time, they aged. That was the first marriage that we see ourselves in. Are we together? Let us move to the second marriage, which was Abraham and Sarah. Hallelujah. I, I think one thing about this marriage, it simply said, told uh, or taught us, or what we can learn from this marriage is that the bride will have a body change. And the bride shall produce the man child. Are we together? And it is quite beautiful because uh, where, Adam, where Abraham was, it's exactly where we are today. Brother Branham says the world is in a Sodom condition. How many see the condition in the end time? The world is in Sodom condition. But while it was Sodomic condition during the time of Abraham, we see Genesis chapter 18. We see a mighty angel coming down with two angels coming towards the house of Abraham. Are we together? And in the end time, the world is in a Sodom condition, but you and I see Revelation chapter 10. A mighty angel came down. Are you here? You've got to connect Genesis chapter 18 and Revelation chapter 10. Because in Genesis chapter 18, God descended down to come and visit his, his house, to visit a house of his son. In Revelation chapter 10, the mighty angel came down and he came to visit our households. Are you here, church? Genesis chapter 18 produced a body change. Revelation chapter 10 will produce a body change. Genesis chapter 1, we see the condescension of God, him coming into a human form. And in Revelation chapter 10, we see exactly the same thing. When he came down, Abraham was here. When he came down in our time, Brother Brandon was here. 
Are you here with me? Now look, look at it in this manner. When, 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 when Abraham, he saw three men that were coming, three ministries, we see them coming from Genesis chapter 18, and we see that two of those ministries had nothing to do with the bride. It was angels that were sent but not sent to the bride. That's why you've got to know who is sent to you because when you understand who sent to you, you will understand your status. Are uh, we together? When you are a king and we send a messenger, we don't just send every Tom, Dick, and Harry. We've got to send somebody that understands how to approach you because you are of royalty. Are we together? We don't pick up a man from the street. We pick up a man that has been vetted to know that he's honest, he's reliable, he will deliver the right message. And in the end time, we have had a messenger. And the quality of this messenger reflects our status in God's economy. No other group of people have ever received such a messenger that you and I have received in the end time. Didn't Brother Brenham say, you know, in our little uh, tabernacle or in my little uh, ministry, God, Jesus Christ, did more miracles than he did when he was here on earth. There's been greater miracles than when he was here in the ministry of the prophet. Are we together? Now, we see the three ministries, they come towards Abraham. But Abraham, from the beginning, he knew who was sent to him because he says to the one in the middle, he says, Elohim, my Lord, acknowledging that I'm receiving you. And the two went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. And in the end time, I say, we have received the great three ministries that we saw upon the world stage. But there's only one ministry that was sent to the bride in the end time. Billy Graham and Oral Roberts went down to Sodom and Gomorrah, but there is somebody that remained with the bride. Because why? This, this, this is a season where the bride must be pregnant. She has been waiting for a long time. But God took a body of flesh to come and deliver the news and say, according to the time of life, thy wife Sarah shall have a son. And in the end time, there was a ministry that was here to tell us that there will be a church that will not be like any other church. That church will produce a man child and the man child is Christ. And I had much better add to that and say, we are the people. Because why? It is the season. Are you here with me? And those two, they went down. When you, when you check, I, I say, you've got prominent people that we see upon the face of the earth. You, you have got, and be careful, folks. When you look at Oral Roberts, you know Oral Roberts produced other people that came after him, the likes of Miles Monroe, are people that were produced by Oral Roberts. When you look at the likes of T.D. Jakes and uh, Joel Austin, were produced by Billy Graham. Stay with me here. This ministries and people that were produced by these ministries, it seems like they are capturing the world stage. I mean, you look at the ministry of uh, Joel Austin. 
it's run about 45,000 in one service every Sunday. You look at the T.D. Jakes, it's 30,000 people every Sunday. And when you, when you begin to check that although those men have produced these men and these men are having these great ministries, where, where is the ministry of William Brenham? You don't find it. CNN doesn't cover it. Hallelujah. Because why? Where Abraham was, it was not on a world stage. He was there with Sarah, but right there where they seemed isolated, God took a human flesh to go to them and reveal the secrets of the heart. And those of you that are admiring the T.D. Jakes and the Joel Austin, you are misplaced. Because what they have will never pro- does not have the material to produce the pregnancy. The pregnancy in the hour will be produced by the weight. And the weight is only amongst the bright members. Others, they can have worship. They can have, they can have ceremonies. They can have great things. They can have all sorts of things. But the, the, this little bride, through her, Jesus Christ will become manifested. I, I can imagine Joe, uh, Abraham and Sarah when they were there. They must have left. They must have felt that we are not part of the mainstream. There's things that are happening down in Sodom and Gomorrah. There are ministries that are flourishing there. There are things that are happening there. And the way they remember, even Abraham said to Lord, you had much better take. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. That means when Lord looked, he chose a better place. That means the place that Abraham chose, it looked like neglected. It looked like there was nothing that will come out of it. And in the end time, the ministry, in the end time, this messenger, he comes and he looks at the University of Oral Roberts. And it's such a beautiful university. At that time, he could not even afford a typewriter. But one day when there was a meeting, they spoke in tongues. A French young man spoke in tongues. And there was interpretation and said, because you have chosen a narrow way. You have chosen a harder way. A huge portion of heaven awaits for you. And I am glad to have believed in the prophet that never sold his birthright. That remained with the weight and became loyal to the message until he was taken home. It gave me a confidence because he was a waving sheaf. God was saying, because of this one, there are many that will come from the field. And I've got a message for the table. Here they are. I don't know whether you believe that. The same level that the prophet came to, you as the bride will come to the same level. Are you still with me? Genesis chapter 18, Revelation chapter 10. Three, Three main characters in Genesis chapter 18. Elohim, Abraham, and Sarah. In, the, in Revelation chapter 10, What do we see? The mighty angel. The seventh angel. And the bride. Hallelujah. An open book coming down to the seventh angel messenger. He takes that open book. He gives it to the bride and says, take the book. Eat the book. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth, but it will be bitter in your belly. What is happening? That book has got transformation power. And we have eaten the book in the end time. That is why you see us behaving in the manner that we behave. Amen. 
Are you still with me? The revealed word of the hour will produce the man child. And folks, this must be something that we look at and follow with a singleness of mind. We, what irritates Satan? It's not great music. It's not good, just a nice setup. What irritates the devil is if the church can come to a spot where it is pregnant and he knows that what they are pregnant of is the product of the revealed weight of their time. It makes the devil mad. When it happened with Moses, the government came against the mother of Moses. Because she produced the main child. When it happened with Mary, Herod came against. Are you here, church? And in the end time, when it happens with you, the government will come against you. But as much as the devil could have never destroyed, or Pharaoh could have never destroyed Moses. And as much as Herod could have never destroyed Jesus, in the end time, I don't care how many forces of darkness are against the bride. One thing that I know, they will never harm the man child. Are you with me, church? Do you see yourself in these marriages? Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah. Let us go to Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac is coming of age. And his father says, it's time that this young man gets married. But there's one on one condition. He must never marry among the Canaanites. He must return back to my people and go and marry among my people. Hallelujah. And Abraham in this instance symbolized or typed God, Elohim. And Isaac typed Jesus. But the two are not the two. When you look at them between Christ and God, it's just an office that God created so that he can become a son and through that sonship he can have a wife and you happen to be the wife that was chosen. But he will not marry amongst these people. You will return back to my people and you will go and find a wife amongst them. A real marriage, a real, there is why the monarchies around the world, they are very particular as to who should marry within their family. If you are a commoner, you can never marry in the royal, in the royal family. Royal families only marry among royal families. Why? It's because they want to preserve the DNA. They want to preserve the royal, ro- ro- royal bloodline. Are we together? Now, we see Isaac going back, or, or Eliezer. But before he goes back, Abraham says, you need to put your hand on my thigh and swear that you will never take a wife for my son amongst the Canaanites. You'll go back to my own people. 
And the reason he put that hand on the thigh of Abraham, he had to swear by the generations to come because it was the preservation of the seed. Hallelujah. A wrong marriage can contaminate the seed. Go back to my people. And Eliezer went out, the most trusted trusted servant in the household of Abraham. He went out and went there by the well. They are always found by the well. Hallelujah. Because they were thirsty. The reason they are at the well, they are thirsty. The Samaritan woman was found at the well because she was thirsty. And we were found by the well because we were in denomination. But something, have you ever been at a place where you feel there could be something better somewhere? That's how we were until it came our way. Our hunger produced the messenger. And Rebecca came there by the well, and when she came there by the well and found this old man, did not know who he was. The old man just said, give me the drink. And she decided, I'll give you water, and I'll water the camels, give the camels as well. Isn't it amazing after she, has, she had done that, Eliezer was there looking at Rebecca and saying, oh, wonderful, God has blessed my journey. Because Brother Bram said, Eliezer sweated out to get a character. And in the end time, Brother Bram said, God is not looking for great membership, but God is looking for a character. He sweated it out until he he found a character. And once he found a character, then he he was taken into the household of Laban, the uncle of Rebekah. And they said, let us call the damsel herself. And they call the damsel to, uh, to, to their, to the, to, so that they can ask the damsel and say, uh, will you go with this man? The man is unknown. We don't know where he comes from. There's no background. There's no credential. All he's got, he's got a funny story that says, my master has sent me to go and look for a wife for his son. Hallelujah. But it's quite, it's quite amazing how predestination works. Already when Rebecca looked at Eliezer, something in Rebecca connected Rebecca with Eliezer. And they asked, will you go with this man? And in the end time, the same question was being asked to individuals around the globe. There is a man that came on the world stage, a Kentuckian man. No credential. We didn't know where he was coming from. But a certain voice in us said, will you go with this man? And I, I want to say, the relatives were very skeptical. And in the end time, our relatives are skeptical denomination. They are skeptical. How long have you known this man? Where do you know? How do you know that you'll be safe when you live with this man? This man me I think is lying. A master would never send a man to go just roam around and look for a wife. There's got to be a protocol if he's a man of honor. He must be knowing other men that are of honor where he could go and ask for a wife amongst them. This man is a liar, but Rebecca, in her heart, something said, oh my, you may, you, you may sound sensible, but there is something in me that is above your senses. Something tells me that I must follow this man. And in the end time, when people are rising up and say the bridge never fall, or whether Brother Brandon was not on Colorado Mountain, but in us we say, we will go with this man. And folks, we are not ashamed to say we follow Brother Branham in the end time. And this messenger will follow him until we go home. 
Or which I don't care how much garbage they put on Google. But one thing that I know, there was a time when Google was not there, but I was there. There was a time when critics were not there and I was there. And that is where I can ask the Christian and say, where were you when the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world? I believed today because I was there and I believed today. Isn't it amazing that there was a time when God had this constellation of his thoughts that were his attributes and he allotted time on which they will come dispensationally and he reserved you and he released Adam, he released Abraham, he released Isaac, he released Jacob, he released Isaiah, he released Ezekiel and in the end time he released you and whenever he released attributes he released the main star of the age. Wherever you find a star, you find a constellation. When Abraham was around, Sarah was next to him. When Isaac was there, Rebekah was next to him. When Isaiah was there, people rallied around him. In the end time, there are people that will never be separated from the messenger. Do you know, Brother Abraham said, if one star moves out of its own position, it will, cre- it will affect the entire heavenly bodies. What you see falling is not a star, it's a comet. A star can never fall. There are stars that are infallible because they are connected to the main star. Oh, brother, I tell you, whether the devil likes it or not, they will come from the east, from the west, from wherever they may be. They will respond to the prophetic call because they were there. They are part of the constellation. And that's why you came because you felt the pull. And you remain because you feel the pull. There are many forces that want to pull you out of the message. But somewhat you keep on hanging on. Why are you hanging on? You are part of the constellation. Oh, this makes me feel good because the devil will never move us. Are you still with me? Rebecca said, yes, I will. It never needed many. There was no need to to convince her with a bunch of quotations. Will you go with this man? Yes, I don't know him. I don't know where he's taking me to, but I'm going. The very people that were skeptical about her decision, God inspired them to prophesy. Rebecca, thou art our sister. Be thou mother of millions and let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. And from that time, we see generations coming that were connected to the promise. We see men like David rising up, but they are they, they will keep on conquering. And the reason they conquer is because the anointing of the promise moved on generationally. And in the end time, I'm preaching to the daughters of Rebecca. I'm speaking to the daughters of Rebecca. They will possess the gates of their enemies. Amen. And she got onto the Cayman, a beast power that took her to her husband. You have gotten onto the beast which is the power that came through 
the revealed word of the hour. It is taking you back to your husband. Amen. Jacob and Rachel. Jacob and Rachel. Jacob runs away from his brother, ends up in the house of Laban, stays there, falls in love with Rachel, tells Laban that I want to marry this young girl. And Laban, a crook. Amen. And Jacob, a crook that was about to be redeemed. Two crooks met. And Laban says, look, if you want her, seven years. You've got to labor for seven years. He loved her. And seven years seemed like nothing. And said to Laban, bring it on. I will work for seven years. He works for seven years for this beautiful girl called Rachel. After seven years, in those days, they would veil the bride when they brought the bride before the groom. It would only be the eyes that were visible. And when they were consummating their marriage, they picked up, he picked up that, uh-uh, it's not Rachel, it's Leah. And he turns around and says, but not her, I said Rachel. Let me tell you something. No one will replace you in God's economy. If he loved you, his love is not transferable. He cannot say, hey, I loved her, but look, she's too much of a trouble. I no longer love her. I love this one. No, 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 no. That can happen on a human level. Human, a human love is limited. Are you still with me? Now, he says, no. I said, Rachel, Laban says, another seven years. Look at the commitment. Look at the love. He, now it's a, he went for 14 years now. Are we together? I'm saying Christ will remove every obstacle to make sure that he is with his wife and you are his wife. Are we together? Brother Brennan, my love, in the message, the prodigal son, it says, even death doesn't separate us from each other. We live on somewhere. Love moves on. After all things are gone, love still stands. Where there is prophecies, they shall fail. Where there are tongues, they shall cease. But when there is love, it endureth forever. It lives on and on. That's why I say this evening, we are here not because we are bought. We are here not because we are afraid of hell. We are here because we love him. And when all fails, love will still remain. Are you still with me? Boaz and Ruth. Naomi, because of famine, she leaves Israel with her husband and they went to the land of Moab. And when they got to the land of Moab, there's misfortunes that befell the family. The husband died, the sons died. And there came a time where 
Naomi had to go back to the land of Israel as he was she was going back the two daughters-in-law followed her and as they followed her they came to a spot where she turned around and said look my daughters your husbands are dead and there's no way that I could give birth to young men that later can, can become your husband I'm releasing you to go back to your houses. I'm releasing you to go back to your gods. And Opa, right there, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something that is dangerous. People that walk half a mile are more dangerous than the people that never left. People that came into the message and left the message are more dangerous than the people that never bothered. Because those that never bothered, they are still there. But those that said, Brother Branham is the prophet and they went around, the same ones are well going around and say, the message is wrong. Who's more dangerous? Are you with me? Because those, they will discourage you. Now, I don't know what must have happened in the mind of Ruth when she saw her sister I mean, they were relatively young. They grew up together. They got married in the same family. They shared a lot in common. I don't know what must have gone through her mind when she saw Opa turning back and going back to her gods. But, you know, you know, let me, my believer, whenever something in you is anchored onto something, no one shall remove it. And, and, and look, Naomi was not apologetic. She turns around and says, Ruth, why don't you join up your sister? And Ruth said, listen, maybe you don't know what happened. There's something that happened. Your God, your God shall be my God. And I said, it's quite amazing because when you look at Naomi, you saw no resemblance of any blessing. The husband is gone. The sons are, have died. She's destitute. She's going back homeless. But in the midst of that chaos, a predestinated seed can still see the God of Israel and say, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you are buried, I shall be buried. And here we are in the end time. The Jews around the world, they look like they're... No one is, is is taking care of them. There's so much hatred towards them. Wherever you go, there's just negativity about the Jews. Even our government have got a problem with the land of Israel. But let me tell you something. We, as the bride, we look at the Orthodox Church. That is Naomi. And we say, listen, we have been Gentiles. We have been worshipping our God. This is useless. We are coming with you. Your God that took you out of Egypt. You are God that opened the Red Sea. You are God that shut the lion's mouth. You are God that made people to be in the fire and they never got burned. That same God, we will worship the same God. Your God shall become our God. Your people shall become our people. Your prophet shall become our prophet. Your Bible shall become our Bible. Here, here is something beautiful. It's quite amazing that Ruth came in as a destitute woman, but she was predestinated even to be higher than Naomi. Because when she arrived there, there was a marriage process 
that started. There was a kingsman redeemer that looked at Naruth and saw beyond her mobile tendencies and loved her. And in the end time, you and I were worshipping our gods. And the king, the prince of peace, Jesus Christ, the Lord himself, looked at us and took an interest and said, I will, I will redeem the Orthodox Church, Naomi. But in the process, let it be known, he came out, he was not ashamed that we are foreign in the land. He came out and met us. He came at the gates and said, you men, let it be known today that I will redeem all that Naomi had lost. And in the process, I will take Ruth as my wife. Oh, the Prince of Peace, he went beyond to the camp. He went to Calvary. He hung on the cross by the gate. He made a declaration that I will redeem them. But in the process, there is a Gentile woman that I will get married to. And today, you and I are Mrs. Jesus Christ. It never came cheap. He had to hang on the cross. Saving, Ruth resting, Ruth being rewarded, that's you. He will wipe away all your tears. Your trials of Moab will be a distant memory. Amen. Elikana and Hannah married, no child. Penina, boastful because she had children. Hannah went to the temple with a sense of desperation. Come on, sisters. Have you ever, the devil ever pushed you to a corner where you never cared whether the top coordinate with the skirt? Then you just drag yourself to the presence. Yes, there comes a time where even myself, I don't care whether the suit fits or what. I say, let me get onto the suit so that I can come to the house of the Lord. Because there is a burden. And you come into the presence of God like Hannah K. And not when everybody never knew what she was going through until even the pastor of the church did not know what she was going through. But it was a woman that was going, well, that was disparate. When others were looking at the watch and saying, we had much better get back home, her heart was there. When the church was dismissed, she never left. She remained there and came to the altar and began to pray and tears streamed down her cheeks until the pastor looked at her and said, there's no way that a person could be like this. She must be drunk. Oh, desperation will push you to a point where even church people will never de- understand how desperate you are for God to, to answer you in your life. And there comes a time where you don't care who's around you because there is something in you that you want from God. I don't know whether am I talking to somebody. There comes a time where you're not even, you don't care even about the formalities. 
you are desensitized to your environment because there is a disparation. People see you tears streaming down the line and everybody is cracking jokes. But within you, there is something that says, Oh God, I need you to come onto my sin. Are you here, sisters? Where the devil has put you in a pressure oven. When other sisters are talking about the latest cell phone, the latest shoes, and you're looking at them and say, what nonsense? Not because you don't love them, you used to love them, but at that season, they are of no value because you're going through something that nobody does, nobody will understand. And they see you saying, excuse me, sisters, I need a moment alone. And they find tears streaming down your cheeks. Whenever you see a believer getting to those levels, I can tell you, then you are, begun, you are about to see the God of heaven moving. And when he begins to move, this God, when he moves, nothing will stop him. In the, in the beginning, in Genesis, the spirit of God was upon the face of the deep. And from that time, he moved. From that day in Genesis until today, no one has ever stopped him. And I say, let God move in your life. And Hannah cried. Amen. Brother Branham says in this message, marriage and divorce, paragraph 258. So, is it with the church that refuses to become pregnant in the age that we now live in, to bring forth children of this age. We are not Lutherans. Folks, we are not Lutherans. And we don't want to be Lutherans. We are not Westlands. Neither are we Pentecostals. We've got to be the children of this age. Through the pregnancy of the word of God. To bring forth a child, capital C, of this age, the seed child. I hope you understand. And I said, the revealed weight will make us pregnant. You mind if I take three more? David and Abigail. Abigail was married to a man called. Nabal. And Nabal, after David had run away and had his 400 men, they never bothered Nabal. He had sheep. But when they got hungry and went to him and said, but we've been around, we've been protecting your sheep, we never even stole one. Do you mind to give us food? And he mistreated them. And David was aggrieved. Hallelujah. And when he was aggrieved, Abigail heard about what Nabal had done. And she went to cook and ran and took the food to David and said, my husband is a foolish man. Because of him, let your wrath not fall upon us. Here is the food. And we see in that process, Nabal dies. Now you see marriage and divorce. After Nabal dies, then we see David marries Abigail. David, you know, David understood marriage and divorce than even message believers in the end time. He knew that I could not get married to, to Abigail as long as Nabal was alive. 
You remember Oria when he took Oria into the battle to make sure that he gets killed because he wanted to marry his wife. Even before marriage and divorce was ever preached, he understood that a partner had to die before you get married to that partner. Do you see yourself there? Nabal is the devil. Your first union. He had to die so that you can get married to royalty, which is Christ. You can never be married to Christ as long as you're all partner. Listen, you don't need to be divorced to the devil. If you get divorced, you will be reconciled. You must make sure that he's, Brother Bram said, you've got to make sure that he's dead. And once you know he's dead and buried, don't dig him up. Are you with me? Amen. Brother Branham in the message, the invisible union of the bride, paragraph 307, that's my message to you, church. You, that's a union, spiritual union, by the way, that you are dead to this old husband. You are born anew. Don't try to dig him up. He's dead. And you are born again Christian. That little jam that was predestinated to you is the weight coming on the weight, way on the weight, on the weight, on the weight, until it comes into the full stature of Christ. So he can come, he can come and get his bride. Hosiah and Goma. We see a prophet coming. Hosiah. God says to the prophet. Go and find a wife who is a harlot and marry her. A holy God speaking to a holy prophet to marry an unholy woman. (laughs) Do you see yourself there? A holy God marrying an unholy woman. We were all of us unholy. We were unworthy. But his love was unconditional. That's why we say, when we remember where we come from, we will never be proud because we know where he lifted us up and here we are today. And we see the marriage of Hosiah to Goma reflecting the relationship between the church and God. Unfaithfulness. Backsliding. But yet, he keeps on loving Goma. How many times have you failed? But God has never given up on you because he loves you. Amen. The king and Esther. Esther operating under the ministry of Mordecai did not adorn herself after the world. Her adorning was not of the world until such time her character caught the attention of the king. And her obedience led her to the spot where the king said, you may ask whatever you want. Let our adorning be right. And then we will arrive at a spot, our obedience will bring us to a spot where we can ask whatever we want. In closing, Brother Brenham sees a vision. The voice says, here comes the bride. And he says they were marching. And I looked at them with long dresses modestly looking with hair hanging down and they went past I said oh my it's beautiful and he says the voice says now comes Mrs. Asia he says that was the most horrible thing that I saw and says they came 
Miss all the nations until came Mrs. America. And I looked and I remembered all the ministers that were in America. I said, is this what we have produced? It says it was repulsive. And later the voice said again, here comes the bride. And it says they were marching. They were marching. Singing onward Christian soldier. And it says when they went past, I saw a few that were stepping out of the line. Then Brother Brim says, I screamed at the top of my voice, get back in the line, get back in the line. And it says, the vision left me. I'm not here to scare you, to say, hey, we don't know whether they got back on the line. No, this bride shall never be deceived. He spoke that way, get back on the line. And that voice is still speaking in the end time. And the fivefold ministry is here to tell you, get back on the line. And I can tell you, no one is a member of the bride shall ever be lost. often say, your toenails may seem insignificant, but if we pull it out, you'll begin to limp because you are not complete. You may look at yourself and say, who am I? And the devil comes to affirm and say, really, you, where are you? Tell him, without me, that body is not complete. And an incomplete body can never be raptured. I'm part of the body and I will be raptured. May God richly bless you. As we stand to our feet. We can sing, I love him, I love him because he first loved me. I love him. How many love him this evening? Manifesting what you want. 
people, what you want, you will always get. Whatever you want, if if you want, if you brother says, if you come to church looking for something negative, there's plenty of negativity that you will find. But right where you are sitting, somebody could be here and say, God, give me something, give me a blessing, and God drops the blessing on their level. Amen. I, 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 when I look, I say, God, where you picked up from nowhere, where we are nobodies, and you made us somebody in your kingdom, and sometimes it just makes us to to weep and say, I was unworthy. Amen. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is because it's quite amazing. Over the years, I've always thought one day we might get Brother Vindala to come here. And God just organized things in a very special way. When I had the desire for the other years, now he's the one that has got the desire, though we never spoke. He will spoke and say, I wish I could visit Weedbank. Hallelujah. And when I come, I'll come with the singers. I say, God bless you. Hallelujah. God, I don't know, are you happy to? When people want to visit. The danger part as a church, if you can begin, ah, they are visiting Madiba, you are missing the mark. Madiba is not a church. The, the, this cake that is being cooked here, there's many recipes and many hands that have gone into it to be what it is. It's not the pastor. It's a combination of a lot of elements. And when people say, can I visit? They are not visiting Madiba. They want to see you. Because why? For some reason in the spirit realm, they connect with you and you become a blessing. Are we together? I said to him, he said, hey, I wish I could have come in March. I said, March I'm not around, but there's some other time. Amen. But it's the love that we feel. Brothers from Voice of God recording, they say, Brother Madiba, I understand you want to set up the library. We want to bring all the material for you so that your library can run. And tomorrow, they will be here to bring everything that we need to start the library. Folks, when you are with God, you are a majority. You are a majority. Keep your focus on him. He will take care of you. God bless you, Rishi. We love you, Lord. Amen. We Brother Dipadi, you can come and wrap up and pray for us. Brother I love him this evening. Does the whole church love him? We adore him.
That's where we get recharged, Heavenly Father. Yes. That's where we get answered, Heavenly Father. That's where it is our power base, Heavenly Father. Yes. Heavenly Father, when we are in the way, as the pastor have said, Heavenly Father, if we are with God, we are plenty, Heavenly yes. Father. Satan can bring whatever that he wants to bring. Mm. Heavenly Father, he's already defeated. Exactly. Because this, what we are, the job that is getting executed now, Heavenly Father, it has already been won the battle, Heavenly yes. Father. We are thankful for our pastor, Heavenly Father. Mm. We are thankful for this little flock, Heavenly Father, here in Whitbeck, Heavenly mm. Father. We know the birth of it, Heavenly Father, and here we are, Heavenly Father. Mm. We're still going on, Heavenly Father. Yes. Heavenly Father, it doesn't come by just fame, Heavenly Father, mm. but it is humility, Heavenly Father, that has brought here. Mm. That's why we say through your word, Heavenly Father. That's why we, we that's what Heavenly Father we have produced, Heavenly Father. We can see, Heavenly Father, the man child this way has brought, Heavenly Father. Let us continue this church, Heavenly Father, to be the light to this Emalacheni city, Heavenly Father. Yes. Let it shine. Let everybody know that there was a prophet, Heavenly Father, in our age, Heavenly mm. Father. There was pillar of fire, Heavenly exactly. Father, in our age. There was pillar of cloud, Heavenly Father. Mm. You did design the hearts, Heavenly Father. Mm. Heavenly Father, your weight is still moving on, Heavenly Father. Now it is through this bride, Heavenly Father. You said, Heavenly Father, if Heavenly Father, the bride will continue to produce this man child, Heavenly Father. Yes. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, for this weight that you have given us, Heavenly Father. Here is our pastor, Heavenly mm. Father. Mm. Continue to bless him, Heavenly Very Father. Continue so. to protect him mm. from all forces, Heavenly Father, yes. that are against Heavenly Father, this ministry, Heavenly mm. Father. Mm. Let this ministry of Malachi 4 continue, Heavenly yes. Father, to grow 
grow, Heavenly Father, even in us, Heavenly Father, wherever we are, Heavenly Father, let us continue to conquer, Heavenly Father, possess all those gates of the enemies, Heavenly Father. We know through Christ, Heavenly Father, everything is possible. Everything that we just need to is just to believe, just to believe all things are possible. That was the theme, Heavenly Father, of this uh, um, message of the hour, Heavenly yes. Father. Here are your sons and daughters, Heavenly Father. Even tonight, they are come, Heavenly Father, to hear from you, Heavenly Father. Indeed, Heavenly Father, let it be that you have answered them, Heavenly Father. You have blessed them, Heavenly Father. As we depart this place, Heavenly Father, may you be with us on the way, Heavenly Father. Bless our families, Heavenly Father. You know our needs, Heavenly Father. Even if you cannot, Heavenly Father, say them, Heavenly Father, but you are the designer of hearts, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we are thankful as we depart. We say, Heavenly Father, continue to bless, Heavenly Father, till we meet again. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. I think you'll give us a dismissal song. Folks, the message is not losing power. It's gaining so much power that the devil is so afraid. Hallelujah. There's a, a brother who's doing a very fantastic job in Pacific Asia in one year he went into 17 countries to set up message churches one year 17 countries around Asia what does it tell you what does it tell you it's growing in leaps and bounds don't just look at it dimensionally where there's a problem where the people are living it's growing. It's taking the whole of China, the whole of Pacific Asia. And when you hear such testimonies, they re-energize you. And say, if he's doing that at his corner, goodness, David, I'm getting back to work. I need to do something here. Are we together? Fellowship helps. Amen. God bless you, Rishli. Song, God bless.